episode 11. We've yeah. done it. We have surpassed CDL this week. We have. Cam Allen can absolutely get fucked. Hmm. Um, how's your week been, Horace? My week's been chill with work, as we were just talking about, but uh, my it was my mum's birthday yesterday, and it's my sister's tomorrow. They're like super close, so it's been like a packed family week. Um, busy old household. Yeah. Work-wise, though, had a busy week last week because we were prepping for um, Rocket League Winter Major, which is happening in, in a week, but our team's arriving in LA and stuff, so lots of prep on the KCP side of things for that. How's your week been? It's been okay. We had a big project we were working on at work that had some hiccups while I was, I'm still trying to learn that part of my role. So it's been a very mentally fatiguing week, just with lots going on. Mm. Um, but it's been good. Lots to learn, and like I am learning it, but it's just when you're learning lots of new stuff and stuff isn't going absolutely perfectly, it can get quite mentally draining for me. Um, so yeah. So we got a um, we got a lot to talk about this week. Earlier yeah, on yeah. in the week. Oh, Earlier on in the week, I was a little bit worried that it was going to be a relatively quiet week, and that all just seemed to kick off. So we've got a character profile on Jason Todd. Me and Hori are going to talk through our Batman trilogies and how we would do them. Then we've mm-hmm. got trailers for The Boys Season 3. We've got a Ms. Marvel trailer. We've got a little bit of news on Deadpool 3. Uh, an update on Peacemaker's availability in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably some bits on there that I've forgotten to write down that we'll discuss as well as we um go through it. So yeah, yep. busy, busy weeks. Let's so let's just get into it. Otherwise, it's going to be longer than last week's episode somehow. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> um, so character profile this week, like I said, is on Jason Todd, the second Robin. Um, there were some bits in here that I definitely did know. Some in here that had kind of slipped my mind a little bit, and some I just straight up didn't know. So I didn't realize um, that pre and post uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths event, the character was so different. Oh. So pre Crisis on Infinite Earths, he was essentially the exact same as Dick Grayson. Okay. So his he was a gymnast in a family circus known as the Flying Todds <laughs> and then got adopted by Bruce when they died. What a, what a name. The only real difference was that he had bright red hair. Ah. Um, and hook. then when Dick gave him his Robin costume, mm-hmm. he dyed his hair black. Okay. Um, he was really energetic, happy, lots of energy, proper cheerful kind of. How Robin, when he's young, is always kind of portrayed, like lots of energy, quite bouncy and happy. Um, but then the character that we know today was really revamped or, uh, post-crisis. So okay. they changed it from instead of he was coming from a 
circus family. His father had then was now a petty criminal who got arrested and then never came home. The classic. And his mother was a drug addict who ended up accidentally dying of an overdose. The big classic. Yeah, like proper change in direction. Yeah. Um, his first interaction with Batman was when he was trying to steal the wheels off of the Batmobile. What? So he, he successfully got one off, ran away with it, and then was coming back to get the other ones when Batman stopped him. I mean, I'm just impressed that he actually got a wheel off the Batmobile. Yeah. Um, so then Batman tried to put him in a home for troubled youngsters. Oh, sorry, Bruce Wayne did. Um, to try and like support him. But the home was kind of infested by criminal organisations essentially recruiting. <sighs> no surprise at that, um, Yeah, it's Gotham. There's young yep. kids with problems. That's, that's recruiting round. Um, so then Bruce ended up bringing him in and adopting him. Um, okay. But he was very different to Dick because obviously Dick was very young and had been trained by Bruce and was quite happy-go-lucky. Jason was impulsive and reckless and angry all the time because he felt so wronged by the world. Mm-hmm. And this, and he also kind of had this bent sense of what is right and wrong because growing up with a father who wasn't there and a drug-addicted mother, he had to steal to eat. So while stealing is wrong, he also viewed it as necessary. Yeah. So because of the trauma he'd gone through at such a young age and still being so young, he had a really rough sense of what was right and wrong. Um, and actually, this version of Robin originally wasn't that popular with fans. They didn't like why. him. I can see why. It's a bit of a different direction compared to what they used to. So then we came up to the Death in the Family miniseries. Hmm. During which we found out that Jason's Todd mother wasn't actually the woman he'd grown up with who'd overdosed. He managed to track her down and she was actually working as a missionary out in Ethiopia. He went out and found her. Yeah. He went out and found her and actually found out that she had been embezzling from the charity. Right. That the, the Joker had found out about it and was blackmailing her for medical supplies. Interesting. And then as part of that, the Joker tricked her into sending Jason Todd as the Robin into his arms, essentially, into a trap. Oh, okay. Yeah. So everyone knows that the Joker then killed him. With a crowbar. It was pretty fucking brutal for the time. Mm-hmm. What people sometimes forget is that fans voted on whether he lived or died. Jeez, didn't know that. DC, DC ran a telephone poll where he could call in and <laughs> choose whether he would live or die. And he only ended up dying by like. 12 to 15 votes. Should have been a revote. So when you bear in mind like how close that is, 
and how big a difference that then makes to the character after that point. It really is a big, big difference um, yeah. in just the history of DC altogether. Yeah, how that slightly shifted the other way, you end up with a complete different timeline, essentially. We are living exactly. in a multiverse. Exactly. Um, which led to Batman mourning his death quite badly. Um, and I would say, even though Jason is now alive and well, Batman still kind of mourns Jason before the incident. Because he doesn't view who came back as the same person in a lot of ways. I, I understand um, that. Yeah. So I can't. I don't know the exact amount of time for which we didn't actually see Jason in the comics. But he did disappear for a good amount of time. Um, mm -hmm. And then there was a Hush miniseries where it turned out Jason was Hush. Okay. And then it actually turned out no, it was just Clayface pretending to be Jason. It feels like a way of and then, the way out of it. And then it kind of got retconned a little bit later that at one point it was Jason, then they did the old switch room, then it was Clayface. Mm. So that, that first re reappearance of Jason gets a little bit muddy. Yeah. It was almost like they kind of tested the waters with it they didn't think fans would like it as they were writing it, so threw the Clayface bit in there. Then when they did fully do it a few years later and fans liked it, they tried to go, oh no, it was Jason for a little bit and then it was Clayface for a little bit. They teamed up. Blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. But eventually he did fully come back as a new antagonist of the Batman known as the Red Hood. Um... It then the Red Hood kind of it was interesting, it was kind of like a crime boss, but he was fighting crime at the same time. He almost wanted all the crime under his control so that he could kind of stop poor people getting so hurt by crime. If that makes sense, yeah, it was try, it was more like he wanted because this is the part that I kind of remember of Jason Todd, and it's kind of like he just wanted to be. In control of like the situation. Exactly. Um, but then it's found out that he's in fact alive, and the reason he's so furious is that Batman hadn't finally killed the Joker. Mm. After all the shit the Joker had done, he thought that Batman would find out that the Joker had killed him, and that would finally be enough for Batman to kill him mm. and put him down. But it wasn't. Which led to a standoff of Jason Todd kidnapping the Joker, torturing him for a number of days. And basically, he said to Batman, I'm going to shoot him in the head if you don't shoot me in the head. I feel so. Like he was. It, it's been kind of parodied a couple of, not parodied. Um, shown a couple of times in different ways. But what it boiled down to was either you kill me or I kill him. Mm. But one of us has got to die. Um, and Batman just shot the gun out of Jason's hand. Um, <laughs> since the new 52 and Rebirth, 
Jason is now part of the Bat family again. He still goes by the Red Hood, but he's now got a Red Bat emblem on his chest. Him and Bruce don't always see eye to eye. He is still very violent with criminals. But they are trying to repair their relationship quite well as much as they can. Yeah. But um, very, very different to how they originally had Jason Todd pre-crisis. Yeah. And also just how different this character could be could be if the fans would have chosen to let him live. Yeah, it would have changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Interesting though. Because I didn't know about the pre the, the the way I know Jason Todd is from like the more Red Hood side of things. So I didn't actually really know about the pre crisis. Ne- neither it. did I. I. I definitely didn't know he was a redhead pre crisis. No, um I didn't know that. but very, very interesting. If it was like they kind of felt were just repeating Dick Grayson again. Well, and here's like, the thing. It was a bit too similar, maybe. They wanted to just go, out, go more out there somewhere else. Well, here's the thing. Fans liked pre-Crisis Jason as Robin more than post-Crisis Jason as Robin. Yeah, but fans like what they Oh, yeah, know. fans don't always know what's best. No, um, no, it's just really interesting. Yeah, I get what you mean. Um, so, yeah, I, I, again, we're, we're probably doing Tim next week unless I have reason to do someone else. Who I know the least about, but based on what I do know, I think it's going to be again very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Jason is such an interesting character, one of my favorite members of the Bat Fam, just because he's so different and because he's so different in so many ways. He comes to blows with a lot of members of the Bat Fams quite regularly. Yeah, he kind of pushes what the like he pushes on like the boundaries of what they'll do which is exactly. a nice addition to things exactly um okay i think we go into the big meaty section of how we would continue the reeves batman trilogy of which you wrote an, an entire novel on what you want to yeah, yeah, yeah. i've, I've got a full on i've I'm, got a full on um What's it called? Sales picture. My brief notes. I will wing everything in between. Which is how I do. Do you want to go first then? You know what? Sure. Um, Okay, so we will say spoilers. This just at the moment, just in case we touch on things that happened in the first Batman. I will just put that out there. But going off how the first one finished and how we got the tease of Joker. I mentioned it last week when we were discussing the film, how I wasn't sure if they would go straight into Joker with the second one. I kind of wanted to play on that as my my idea, which is more for the second film. It would be more focused on kind of... um, Patterson as Batman, like developing more as a character and using like Alfred and being more Bruce Wayne. And maybe through that he that journey he's in the it's other Batman villains. Because we know that Joker that we saw in the end of the film that was teased is kind of like pre-Joker. 
Um, so, but we've seen that Arkham is a thing, and clearly is where he's sending most of these the the usual villains that we expect to get sent to Arkham. So I'm wondering if the second film more focuses on like some of these side villains that we've maybe not seen ever or for a long time, like Mr. Freeze, Poison Ivy, maybe some of these more interesting kind of like side villains that maybe we get a few of them to help sell this like character development of the Batman. And then I'm thinking that like builds into a the third film, which is where the Joker becomes like the Joker and becomes the main fi- villain. And kind of playing on like the way I see it is for the third film, it would be like the Joker was making friends with the Riddler. So I see him throughout the second film is making friends with all these other villains. And it's some like big group breakout of Arkham or there's some or maybe like the Joker gets out and there's a whole thing there and it ends with maybe like a group like Joker breaking out all of his friends from Arkham and kind of re-unleashing all these villains on Gotham. Um but I think it builds more that way and we only get the Joker in the third film. And I think the penguin is gonna show up. The way I see it is I'd have the penguin showing up. Similar role, kind of like playing both sides a bit. Uh, I think that was really fun to see. Maybe like in the second one, he leans more to the villainous side. And maybe in the third one, I don't know, the Joker's pulling away his power, so he doesn't like that. So he leans more towards being the good guy, so to speak, or playing the good guy side. Um, yeah, whether whether we see any Bat Family characters come in, I don't know. There was one thing I played with the thought of in the first one, we see that new the mayor's kids like an orphan now. Whether they somehow try and play that into being a Robin, or whether they bring it, there's like more play on orphans and stuff, and that's where we maybe get an introduction of a Robin. Um, but that's kind of where I saw my trilogy going: is more side villains, the middle one building up to Joker being the main villain, or like some big group villain arc and breakout in the third one. But yeah, that's awesome. kind of where my notes were. Very, like, just main points, main ideas. Kind of what I think would be cool to see. Okay, yeah, I've essentially... I'm one step short of doing test screenings for my films. Um, so. so what we'll do is we'll um, do a little bit of discussion about my second film before I do my third film. Otherwise, okay. it's going to be, like, ten minutes of me monologuing. Um... So the second film in my trilogy would be called The Batman Duality. Okay. Um, I'm thinking set it three to five years after the first film, um, so that they have taught, so that we can believe they've like rebuilt Gotham and sorted out the flooding and everything. Um, Bruce has adopted Dick. He has been training him for a while, and he's considering. Allowing him to join Bruce, him, Bruce on patrols. He he thinks he's nearly ready to become Robin. Um, after the events of the first film, Bruce has realised the good he can do as Bruce Wayne. And he's become a lot more public, helping to fund the um, rebuilding of Gotham. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and he's been very vocally supportive of the newest uh, district attorney, Harvey Dent, in prosecuting those who committed crimes during Gotham's darkest hours. Um, okay, yeah. And the, the, the main, the first third of the film is very much about Harvey prosecuting the Penguin for the mob control he had over the city during the rebuild. Um, and one day after leaving court, um, Harvey's attacked with acid and rushed to hospital. A classic. We see the the fear and the corruption of Gotham rear its ugly head again when out of what's happened with Harvey, the Penguin's allowed to walk free despite everyone knowing he's directly involved in what happened to Harvey. This drives Harvey over the edge, having worked so hard for so many months, dealing with these scumbags every day and trying to do everything the right way. He finally snaps following seeing the Penguin walk free after ruining Harvey's life. And he decides he's seeking revenge out on the penguin and he wants his head. So what this creates is this creates Batman having to protect the city from this war between Harvey and the penguin. Mm-hmm. Um, while also trying to not let Harvey kill the penguin. And and Bruce still believes that Harvey is the future of this city and he wants to get Harvey back over to the good side. He he wants him he he wants to stop him before he goes so far that he's unsavable. Mm-hmm. So the main themes for this film in my opinion is kind of balancing these these alter egos which we see between what Bruce is trying to do as Bruce versus what Bruce is trying to do as Batman. We also see it through Bruce trying to be a father and a teacher to Dick. And of course the obvious light and dark sides of Harvey, Two-Face, etc., where he kind of has this split personality of wanting to do the right thing, but also of having had enough of all of the evil. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end of the film, like we had our moment at the end of the first film with the Penguin, we see Dick suiting up as Robin for the very first time. Okay. I like that. Questions, I like that. thoughts? I like well. I like the idea of bringing Harvey back. I completely kind of forgot about Harvey Dent and how you could I, tie that into the. I think like he really weird. fits well. Yeah, I think the idea of using him as like during the rebuild stage of Gotham makes total sense and kind of a part that I think like my. Similar idea, really, with, like, I was more focused on having all the side villains. It's kind of that, sim- I think we both have a similar idea of, like, the period of Gotham being rebuilt, where it's, like, cleaning up the streets sort of idea. Yeah. Which I think is key to building Batman's character. Yes, definitely. And I do like the idea of, like, bringing in uh, Dick Grayson and having, like, the Robin coming in the second film. I think that's cool. Um, and I think the big thing is we don't want to get rid of the themes of Batman being a detective. Mm. And I think Harvey's intelligence 
will really lend us to still being able to have that kind of what's he going to do next feel to the film. Yeah. I wonder if... Well, I suppose like you could do you could do all sorts with like a way of you could drop like so many Easter eggs as to who Harvey Dent's already put away and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because um, yeah, we're just doing a trilogy here, but I mean, if these films are this successful and Patterson wants to keep doing them, this could run for a long, long time. Yeah. Um. um so yeah, if if they decided one trilogy wasn't enough, having Harvey there having cleaned up the streets in between one and two allows you to have a lot of people able to break out or be released mm-hmm. for three, four, five, six and onwards. I like the idea of I think definitely like I'm on board with you your idea of bringing in uh, Robin in the second film because it is something we haven't had for a long time and I think it helps with that detective side as well because it means he can be doing more like it it helps give more reason to being in multiple places at once and finding out information from multiple places plus it allows Mm -hmm. him to lean into that bruce role more yep okay my third film Mm -hmm. the batman parliament oh um now it's set Again, a few years after the second film, I'm liking these kind of medium-length gaps of time mm-hmm. that allow us to do changes in between to what's going on with the characters without having to show all of it. Yeah, I agree. Um, Jim Gordon is now the commissioner of the GCPD. No. Um, we can either have that happen off-screen or one of the first scenes of the film is him becoming the commissioner. Bruce Wayne has once again stepped up his devotion as a Gothamite to helping the city be even better. Um, And he is publicly backing and endorsing a mayoral candidate. Mm -hmm. And Dick, at this point, has taken over most of the standard patrolling of Gotham, with Bruce just joining to assist when it's necessary, or when he has the time to do so, or when there's something big going down. Yeah. So so Robin is almost the sole night-to-night protector of Gotham at this point. Okay. Bruce, along with Alfred, has also launched Batman Incorporated um, as a way to hopefully end his crime-fighting days by trying to change the world in a different way. So in the comics, Batman Incorporated is like a charitable donation, a charitable organisation, rather, um, owned by Bruce Wayne, whose entire... The the way they tried to sell it to Gotham was Batman is trying to make this city better, but what can we do to help him, essentially? Mm -hmm. And obviously, you would argue that someone should be smart enough to put, to put this together. Yep. But um, the whole idea is just, it's named Batman Incorporated because Batman's the reason it started. Um, and I thought this could be quite a cool thing to have shown in a film. Batman Incorporated now exists, and it's Bruce trying to stop having to fight crime by trying to combat it a different way, because he's older and wiser now. 
this is like yeah this is like this is all probably like the first half an hour or so we're seeing this we're seeing bruce just tired and wanting to see the end of this and not sure how to do it um Bruce is relaxing in his study, going over some paperwork for Batman Incorporated or the mayoral candidate or Wayne Enterprises, or maybe just paperwork for all three just strewn all over the desk. Um, and someone attacks him from behind. Um, he tries to kill Bruce. The assassin clearly underestimates Bruce a little bit at first, not knowing that Bruce is Batman. Um, and quite a fight ensues of obviously like books and stuff in the study getting thrown about. Um, and then just before the assassin's actually about to kill him, he just says the court sends its regards. At which point, Alfred kicks open the door with a shotgun and shoots the intruder. Okay. Dick is then seen coming back into the Batcave um, from a patrol, not knowing what's happened to find Bruce and Alfred doing an autopsy of a body that's very strange. It seems to both be the body of a 21-year-old in peak physical condition, but it has the scars and that of someone who's lived dozens of lifetimes. Okay. And it's wearing quite a strange suit that's got like this kind of feathers coming from the head and goggles that make it look like it's got like an owl's eyes. Um, and then Bruce explains that as a child, as most child people his age did as a child, they heard stories about this secret order that had been ruling over Gotham from the shadows for centuries. Mm -hmm. But Bruce could never find any evidence that actually existed. He always believed they were just a fairy tale, that the Court of Owls couldn't possibly exist. Because Batman would know. Yeah. And we get this kind of ability to see Bruce struggling. To believe that these people have actually been here this whole time. And he's never been able to find them and prove them. And almost through his own arrogance, believing he's so good that he would have found them. So if he hasn't found them, they can't exist kind of creates this debate within him of should I keep looking into this or is someone just trying to scare me off? Mm -hmm. Is someone who doesn't want my candidate to win pretending to be the court, hoping that I'll run away scared? Um, and what we get to see through the film is these attempts on Bruce and the mayoral candidate's lives and Alfred's life as like the leader of Batman Incorporated makes Bruce finally come to terms with the idea that the court does exist. This isn't mm -hmm. someone just trying to scare them. This is the court in action because they don't like what Bruce Wayne is doing to Gotham. Mm -hmm. So we get to almost like, it's almost bordering on a horror film because you feel like Bruce and the Batman are powerless for a lot of the film because they don't know what's going on. And not in a way of like they were with the riddle, just one step behind, but completely caught off guard. Yeah. You have Bruce trying to like almost build a retirement plan. And then all of a sudden this secret order appears and actually they've, they've let him operate for the last 
10 years in Gotham at this point almost mm-hmm. without doing anything. And now he's going, oh my God, they've been there this whole time. Have I just been doing what they want me to do? Yeah, um, so a lot, a lot of the main themes of this are going to be centred around trying to launch a new beginning, but the past refusing to stay in the past. Right. And maybe we can play with the idea that the Waynes were at one point a part of the court or they're a founding family of the court or something. And maybe we can even push for the idea that the court had the Waynes executed. Mm. That the court has been back in the Penguin and Don Falcone as the crime bosses of Gotham for all these years. Interesting. Um, so yeah. That that is my Batman trilogy, and mm-hmm. it's called Batman Parliament because a, a group of houses call a Parliament. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I was fully expecting you to bring up the Joker for the third film, like I did. You know what it is. It's been done. I yeah. like the Joker being there. I want Robert Patterson to do more than three films. Mm. So I'd, I'd, while I don't, <laughs> what, what, while I'm not calling this a Batman prediction because I do not see this happening in this way, mm-hmm. um, this is what I'd like to see the first three films because then you almost get like the Spider Man No Way Home esque moment of realizing he's actually now the Batman because he's kind of completed this period of time where he's learned different things. Mm-hmm. And like th- this, this third film teaches him he can't be so arrogant as to think he knows everything about what's going on in Gotham. And that also gives us ten years. We've not seen his first two years, three to five years, and then another two or three years. So we've not seen like over half of his career. He could have fought the Joker a couple of times in there. Yeah. To, that we just haven't seen and then that allows us to have a big moment with the fourth film of it feeling like it's coming to a tipping point between him and the Joker yeah because I, I definitely do not want to see Batman and the Joker like feeling each other out on screen again Yeah, I, I want it to feel like they're like old enemies fighting again not enemies fighting for the first time yeah i get you with that and i mean we were already kind of given the indication that they've already met yeah so i like your idea though of taking this like a more direction of him being more brute than batman there's a real sweet spot you've got to hit in there. Yeah, because obviously, what people otherwise people just go, well, "This isn't this is a Bruce film, not a Batman film, <laughs> sort of thing." But um, I think if we're, well, I think if we're ever going to have an actor who can pull off a really believable Bruce Wayne trying to do good and realizing it doesn't have to be as Batman, I think Robert Patterson is the actor who can make that work the best. Yeah. I think um, there's definitely like oh it felt after the first film like there's definitely that character development opportunity there of 
building because he clearly showed he doesn't care to be Bruce so then being able to show him build up and understand the value of Bruce and being like okay look I can do so much more in different ways as Bruce and not need to be Batman and, we, and like going with your idea of like bringing in Robin early in the second film like helps we get to see that tradition of him kind of like handing the reins over as well which but the, thi- the thing with that is if if I have to say them three films that I've put together they decided Robert still wanted to keep going and they've set it up now so that Bruce realises he just can't give up being Batman what you can have then is you can have the actor playing Robin says right then if you're not going to give up and leave it to me I'm leaving and he gets to become Nightwing and go over to Bloodhaven Mm -hmm. and then that gives you the opportunity for Batman to bring in Jason Todd and you could make the fourth or fifth Batman film a death in the family yeah yeah if you were to go like you're out you could definitely shift to bring in Jason Todd and then you've got the whole thing with him and the especially, Joker. And... Especially if they keep like, say they release a new Batman film every three years but they always put in like a four year time hop what that does is it always gives Robert Pattinson another year younger than Bruce Wayne which allows them to keep him as Bruce Wayne for longer mm. and that means by the time they get to that Dick would be 17, 18, another four-year time hop, you could have it so that Jason's been robbing for a year and it wouldn't be outrageous. Yeah. And that gives you enough time to kind of play with these things. But yeah, that was just, I just, I really enjoyed thinking about how I would kind of inspired with how they've done this Batman film, how I'd like to see them go. Like I said to you, I think before we start recording, the only things I've written down there that I am not happy with Having reread are the names, but I couldn't think of anything better than that. But that's why I don't make films. I know. I think your your idea is super interesting. I definitely went more with the idea of okay, it's a detective, Batman. Let's just chuck a bunch of villains we haven't seen or not seen for a while. So then we get to see him like figuring out a lot of stuff. To be fair, a Batman running a, like a gauntlet of villains for a live-action film could also be super good if they did it right. Yeah, I think if they did like a good mix of like three or four villains for the second film, and he's having to balance like, and it's all going on at the same time, like that kind of trying to figure out who's doing what, what's linked. Like, oh, I'm chasing this person and trying to deal with this, and then. S- this other person's kicking up a thing across town and like that point of being like how am I supposed to manage all this then kind of does lead well I think into the idea of maybe bringing in a Robin in the end of the second film of being like look I need more help and there's this like he maybe he already knew Degrees and like was sort of training me a little bit throughout the second film or something and it's like Kind of that realization of I can't chase all these villains on my own. Like it just gets sometimes it's just too much because obviously he doesn't want Gotham to go into absolute chaos. Yeah. Um, um, do you know what I think 
the difference of our stories is. The Batman comics I've read that you haven't. And that's mm. not that's not a slight at all. I just think the Court of Hours are super interesting based on like the new fifty two comics I have where he deals with them and watching Gotham where he where like we see them. Whereas you're you're going at it purely of a case of watching Batman fight all of his villains and like be overwhelmed, almost like a almost like a a long Halloween type type story. Um, yeah, probably is also me, like, super in the, interesting. The more gritty points that Batman reaches in the comics. But, um, like, yeah, that's what we thought. It's going to be interesting to see what they do because definitely there's uh, no way we don't get a full trilogy here oh yeah the success of this batman and how well received it's been like i'm pretty sure they're now have probably signed deals for a definite second and third film here's the thing even though the film may or may not break a billion dollars it's still gonna be a success financially Mm. that along with the critical acclaim which DC and Warner Bros. care more about than Marvel do, means they will at least make a second. Yeah, and the fact that DC's past films have been... Shaded. Yeah. They're like, now this is one that's been pretty well-received across the board. They're going to go, oh, well, let's run with this, because we know it. Like, why would we stray away from this? We found something that the fans like. Uh, let's stick stick with it. So anyway, let us know which trilogy you would rather see out of the two, or feel free to just go both your trilogies. Sounds crap. <laughs> let Matt Reed do the writing. Yeah. Um, again, that's completely valid. That's why. Let us know what you'd like to see as your trilogy. That that could be quite cool. Um, let us know what you think. Um, I think we're going to move away from Batman for a fair bit now. Yeah, because. We've 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 had some interesting developments on a lot of new superhero stuff this week as well. We have. So, the boys season three got its trailer. Now I know we say we're Marvel and DC, but let's be honest, we're anything superhero. Mm-hmm. I know oh. you haven't seen the boys yet, Harry. <laughs> I watched the trailer. You're gonna watch the boys before season three comes out, though, because otherwise I'll just be moaning at you every week. I, I will try. Hori is going to watch season one and two before next episode and give us an in-depth review of every episode. It's going to be a four-hour-long episode where Hori explains every moment of the two seasons. Okay, <laughs> the most realistic outcome from that is I watch all of season one and two before next week's episode and I give you a rundown of the few points that I can remember after binge-watching. <laughs> But um, it is a super good show, and I I genuinely think you'd really I've like heard, it. I've heard good things. It's just one of those like because I know what I'm like with shows. When it's one like the series already out, so like especially this where it's got two seasons out, I know I'm going to just binge it in. Try my brain's just going to try and binge it in one sitting. And yeah, that means I get nothing else done. Mm-hmm. So you need I, to book out. You need to book off a weekend or something and just do it. So it's like, I do this with, there's so many shows I want, like, I have, like, a list of shows of stuff I want to watch, but I always avoid starting them because I know I'll get You'll get sucked done. in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, But I watched the trailer for season three of The Boys, and I 
recognize some characters that I've seen in trailers of other boys' seasons, but I had no clue what was going on. So the big thing is uh, Butcher, who um, had the black hair, who was staring in the mirror at the beginning of the trailer, and you saw his eyes kind of flash. Mm -hmm. He's the hero of the show, who doesn't have superpowers, who's hunting down all of the superheroes with superpowers who are actually assholes. Okay. And it appears he now has superpowers as well somehow. Interesting. Dun dun dun. Um, we won't say too much more because obviously Hori is going to go watch it eventually, so that we can discuss it on here. Um, I might rewatch it as well to be fair because it's one of my favourite superhero shows. Um, it's not going to feel probably as good to you, Hori, as it does to me because them themes that they use in the boys, which at the time were quite new and fresh are being played out a little bit at the moment. Yeah, but you forget I'm fairly easy to please, so... Oh, yeah. The show is still absolutely brilliant, but when when everyone else in the world was watching it, it was, oh, this is new and different, how much fun. Whereas for yeah. you now, you're going to be like, oh, okay, this is like this show and this show and this show. <laughs> yeah. Um, But I'm super fucking excited for it. I can't wait. Um, And we will probably like the disney plus shows discuss each episode each week once it comes out yeah more content um because i'll be surprised if it's not another brilliant season um yeah the ms marvel trailer yes before we get into the good and the bad and the ugly the vibe of that trailer was it yeah no i really enjoyed that trailer that the, the the bounciness of it that kind of energy kamala has being so young and a superhero <laughs> fan i resonated with her despite not being american asian muslim or a girl yeah i know be what you mean be because she really threw out that energy of being a superhero fan which is what kamala is so much i know other people resonate with her for a lot of other reasons which are all even more important than why I resonate with her. But the fact that they got that bit right makes me hopeful that hopefully the people she's supposed to resonate with are able to resonate with her. Yeah. Um, how much do you know about Kamala from the comics? Sorry. Pretty much zilch. Okay. I know that Kamala cards have been changed. That's yeah. all I've got off social media. We're going to do like a 30 second character profile and I'll okay. do a more in depth one close to the show. Ms. Mm -hmm. Marvel, Kamala Khan. Um, obviously, a Muslim growing up in New York with superheroes everywhere. Mm. Um, she is obsessed with Captain Marvel and she is an inhuman. Okay. Her powers are similar to that of Mr. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. but are described as enlargement. So basically she'll make herself bigger, stretchier, change her appearance and stuff. Mm -hmm. To the point where one of the most like biggest parts is her obsession with Captain Marvel so much so she made herself look like Captain Marvel to try and make herself feel braver. Right. Um, and she's just a super superhero fan that mm. then gets to work with the Avengers and stuff. So what we know for a fact is different is she isn't an inhuman anymore. Okay. 
and she now has cosmic bracelets by the looks of the trailer. Yeah. That give her Green Lantern-esque powers by the looks of it. Which... It kind of looked like she was projecting like big-ass cosmic fists and stuff. Yeah, so I got the sense of like they're almost just doing essentially what her powers did, but they're just making it cosmic looking. Yeah, which okay, just she looks dope with that power set. It does oh, look yeah. cool. It's just not what her power is. Mm. And I think I think the reason, rightfully so, that so many people are so annoyed by it is because of the reasoning Marvel gave of, well, Mr. Fantastic's coming soon and we don't want her powers to be too similar. Oh, is that what they've said? Yeah, which was a couple of months back when the first leaks of her powers being different were. And then it got delayed and everyone went, please, God, let them be fixing her powers. And it doesn't look like they have. No. I still um, think the show's going to be good. Oh, yeah. I, I Marvel. People being annoyed. I don't know. Maybe I'm just. Marvel has successfully ch- tweaked their characters in the MCU before. Yeah. The way they've done this and the character they've chosen to do it to, bearing in mind this character might be one of the most important characters to a lot of minority comic book fans, is risky. And if they've done it wrong, they're going to alienate a lot of people. And it makes me sad because Kamala's a great character who they didn't need to mess around with. It's not like it's the Guardians who had quite a small following, so no one's even going to really notice if you've changed them. Yeah. Um, I still think the show is going to be entertaining. I still think the character is going to be as good. Um, I'm not. I don't think many people who listen to this follow me. Um, but I had a discussion with someone on Twitter about how I don't think the power change. No, sorry. How her not being in a human anymore affects her story too much, but the power mm. change affects her story. Um, and don't get me wrong. I am a. I am a white guy. I this character is not for me and I don't mean that in the sense of I don't like this character because I do she's fucking awesome this character is not there to make me feel like I could be a superhero too I've got me and you've got most of the characters are built for us so I'm not the person to sit here and say whether this character is being done right or wrong or oh don't worry it's not that big an issue that's not for me to say I get why people are so upset I just hope when the final product comes out it still gives fans what they want Despite yeah. the the misfortune of her powers not being right, maybe I'm just too easy going. But like, and maybe it's also because I don't really know a comic. But obviously, the power change to me is like, if the powers basically are the same, they're just visually and reason what how where they come from is different. I don't think it's that huge of an issue. It's not like they're changing her from being like, I don't know. They're not like changing her from being Captain America to Tony Stark. 
Like I not, get that. It's still from well from what I've read and people describing the powers and then what I saw in the trailer, visually all kind of seems like the same effect of a power in a way, just visually shown differently. I do get what you're saying. I think a lot of people's issue comes from the fact that they've changed the little Muslim girl's power so they don't step on the toes of the white guy's power. I get that. And it's just a bad fucking look. Regardless of whether they end up executing it perfectly and everyone decides they prefer this version of the character, the way they've gone about it is fucking dreadful. Um and yeah, that's I mean, if they're given any like if they they could have quite easily just given i don't know they could have said with the way that they've developed vfx studios like they feel they can portray this better in vfx than just like a stretch like thing it, it's, it's just funny to me that we've had like what in endgame we had three different kind of iron man suits essentially with the rescue armor war machine and iron man but heaven forbid we have two stretchy people we're getting our second Hulk I mean Thor Love and Thunder is about Thor and then Lady Thor it just seems strange to be for that to be the character that you don't want two of it just it also feels like such a weird response mm-hmm. it makes me question if that is the legit reason or if that was just someone in an interview Thought. said that yeah. and then mm. misspoke because that's happened before where someone's yeah. misspoke on something that wasn't really the case on why something was done do you know what I'd love to happen and don't get me wrong I'm going to tell you right now if it does happen this way I will call them for copping out because it is a cop out but I think this is the best way to resolve the situation with a cop out she has the cosmic bracelets that basically give her the same powers but make them look all cosmic and then her being exposed to them triggers an inhuman gene in her which then gives her the same powers anyway Mm. yes it's a cop out but I'll be honest although the cosmic kind of stuff does look cool her physically enlarging with the big hands and stuff would look 10 times cooler if done right. See, that's what, like, I wonder if it's easier for them to sell the cosmic effect. Maybe. So maybe that's one reason why they went that way. I also wonder if that... But, I mean, if that's the case, then they should be worried about how they're going to show Mr. Fantastic as well, shouldn't they? They might be. (laughs) We haven't seen anything from Fantastic (laughs) Four. (laughs) Maybe it's all going wrong. <laughs> I don't know. That would, the, be, that, that would be quite funny and make me feel less worried about Ms. Marvel if it turns I, out. Also, we don't, Fantastic Four film, we don't see Reed stretch once because they can't work out how to do it. I also wonder, and I think I read, maybe it's because I read this online of someone. I can't remember now. I think I might have read some, or someone similar idea. Like the whole idea of the braces is to tie it into the storyline easier. Maybe the celestials and the ten rings and like this all kind of like gives an easier path to link it all. Um, don't get me wrong. I liked that for a long time Marvel fans were accepting of change from the comic books for characters. 
And whereas DC fans are always like, do the comic or don't bother. Um, mm. And I'm not necessarily sure that I like this view change as a whole. But in this instance, I fully get it. Hmm. I, I'm I'm okay for it in this situation. I get people's frustrations, but I don't want to see people moaning about changes from the comics becoming the norm, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get you. Anyway, on to our next bit of news. Yes. Deadpool 3 has its director. Sean Levy, is that right? Sean Levy. Same man who directed Free Guy, so has worked with Ryan Reynolds before. Okay. Explain I don't know if you've seen before. Free Guy. It's on Disney+. Plus. I haven't, I but I saw plenty of stuff about it. So I mean, it's definitely supposed to be a kid's film. I definitely don't care. It's brilliant. Um, it's funny. It's Ryan Reynolds being effortlessly funny. It's kind of like the Lego movie kind of vibes, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, you're sitting there watching it, fully aware that they've probably made this for kids, but not caring because you're having such a good time. Yeah, I get you. That, that's the kind of vibe it gave me. Um, if Sean Levy... can, it's like, I can't imagine Ryan Reynolds would have... Because I'm pretty sure he's an executive producer and has a say in the director. Mm. I can't imagine he would have done Free Guy with him and then okayed him coming on as the director of Deadpool 3 if he didn't think Sean could do a good job. Oh yeah, it definitely feels like he's come on because Ryan Reynolds knows who he is and worked with him. That's probably why. Exactly. <laughs> so. Exactly. Ryan's probably worked with more Free Guy and gone, hmm, yes, I like this. Um, they probably but yeah. chatted about Deadpool 3 while working on that film. <laughs> Quite possibly. Very, very likely. Um, free Guy was a ruse just to get Sean Levy the ability to talk to Ryan Reynolds about Deadpool 3. The fact that Free Guy did so well is purely coincidental. Yeah. You've also got to remember, though, to, to keep... I forget, I mispronounce the name every time. The director of Thor Ragnarok and Love and Thunder... I know who you mean, and I can't. Yeah, I, I hate it. I hate saying people's name when I can't pronounce it right because I just feel like an arsehole. Um, but he was you. in Free Guy as the bad guy mm -hmm. as well. So having someone else who is very popular within the MCU community for being Korg and directing Thor and stuff. Yeah. Also working with Sean Levy. It just, you find yourself going, yeah, it's a natural progression for him. And I'm so excited that Deadpool 3 is finally on the move. Same. Because it, it's an itch I've been I dying to scratch. Hope they find, like, they stop dancing around the X Men budget. <laughs> And actually just go like they, at this point like we we at least have to have a Deadpool Wolverine moment and if we don't I'm going to be pissed I would be surprised if they use Deadpool 3 to cement who the new Wolverine is but still have a Hugh Jackman cameo but as Hugh Jackman mm. because Deadpool <laughs> I'd love a Deadpool 3 
this is just my personal i'd love if it has hugh jackman and him and the wolverine banter and then i also want him to meet spider-man in deadpool 3 and they can have that little bromance going do you know what it is spider-man and deadpool does need to happen but it's just so difficult to make it happen because of who watches spider-man who watches deadpool um that's why i feel like it needs to happen in a deadpool film yeah so the problem is you'll get you'll get Cameron parents see that Spider-Man's in it, take their kids to see it, and then lose their mind. Just don't show it in the trailer. Just have it as like a little moment that happens in the film where they meet. Yeah, like I'm, I'm fully with satisfies you. I, ju- I just know I'd get annoyed by people on the internet going, "I took my three-year-old to watch yeah, the new Spider-Man film." They did that with Deadpool One, and Ryan Reynolds just told them they should learn to read the rating. Yeah, honestly, it so. does my head in when parents blame other people for being bad parents. But anyway, that's that's a whole different story. Um, yeah, lots, last bit. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, just <laughs> exciting for the Deadpool Freeze production finally. Yes, very very exciting. Peacemaker is finally coming to the UK six years later. Um. HBO have struck up a deal with Sky for it to be put on Sky Max or something. Um, I believe all episodes are going up on like the 22nd of March, so four or five days from now. Um, My only hope is if that also then sh- means it shows up on Now TV because Sky yeah. and Now TV have a lot of crossover. Hopefully. If not, yeah. I'm screwed. <laughs> Do we have anything else before we get into the superhero show now? I have a couple of notes. One is that on. Daredevil's new season has started production. Oh, has it? Daredevil? They, yeah, they've announced they've start, they're have they starting the Daredevil Disney Plus season production. Oh, I haven't, I haven't seen that anywhere. Are you sure you've not been debated? I am pretty sure. Awesome. I'm, I'm going to take your face value here. No, I'm just gonna take it at face value now. If you check if you backtrack on this now, never gonna forgive you. Yeah, no I, rep- I know all the what Netflix stuff went live. Production. Wow, look at that. Didn't even know that. Production means it's just that, script writing, isn't it? Yeah. So it might just be that they're finally sitting down and figuring out what the hell they do. They're gonna do. Yeah, because all the um, well, Netflix stuff is now on Disney Plus, isn't it? As yeah, of like yesterday or the day before. Um, and I know that Charlie Cox did something recently. It might have been like South by Southwest or something like that, where he's on some panel, like he's on some stage doing an interview, and he was talking about. They asked him, "How does this new Daredevil compare to where he ended?" And I just said that like he's just in a different place, which some people read as, oh, this is a different multiverse version. But then some people were like, well, no, it's probably just super, like a lot later in the timeline now that he, yeah. the last time we saw him, he is not in that mental place anymore. Yeah. So. We're just going to have to wait and see. I'm very excited for more Charlie Cox's Daredevil, one of my favorite superhero castings. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other thing is there was a slight I think it was a couple of days ago there's another Moon Knight little teaser thing of him more focused on the spy side of things and there's a, a clip oh, where he's talking I in a mirror and yeah. his reflections talking back to him which gave me very much Fight Club vibes 
you're you're all in on this feeling like Fight Club, aren't you? I'm just ready. Like I loved that f- when I first ever watched that film with no knowledge of what that film was and how much of a mind fuck it was, and like that whole thing. Like I just loved you that. want that feeling again. Yeah. So it kind of seemingly was showing us that we're gonna get. I think that idea that they've said kind of roughly said that we're gonna see that episodes from one side and then episodes from like get introduced to this other character um i get the sense from that little teaser that it is going to be like like we've talked about that he is trying to get back to being more in control and being missed tonight i think there's some like something's happened and it's fucked everything up again is the sense that i'm getting so definitely not long to go now till that all kicks off so okay Superhero showdown. Yes. And we're going to have to be quick because I don't think we've got long before my setup is going to die. Ah. <laughs> Let's hope you know the, your answer. <laughs> Fatal three-way. First ever Fatal three-way superhero showdown. Mm-hmm. Christian Bale's Batman, Ben Affleck's Batman, and Robert Patterson's Batman. Mm-hmm. Who gets knocked out first in your opinion? Ben Affleck, he's too old. Really? Isn't he an older Batman, if I remember correctly? He is. He's also like a murderous Batman who's jacked as fuck. Mm. You, hey, it's... it's your opinion. I was just asking what your opinion was. Well, it's like, I was, I've was. i been thinking about this for a lot of this, and it's either... Because I was like, I was more thinking, who who's out first? And I was going like, it's either Ben Affleck... Or I almost want to say Patterson. So, but I was. I like, have, oh, Ben Affleck's older, so maybe he goes out first. I have Patterson going out first. Okay. Followed by Bale, and I think Ben Affleck's Batman wins. Okay, see, I have Bale more in my head of winning because I felt like he had the younger age and the tech especially compared to Pattinson and I was Pattinson and Flex just kind of on the older front I I wonder if yes he's a more murderous Batman if just like power's not everything and pure strength isn't everything you've got to remember that this that Ben Affleck's Batman also fought aliens and gods yeah, but <laughs> oh, I always I want that experience. True. Like, uh, yeah, maybe yeah. I just have like, a skewed view of Ben Affleck. <laughs> maybe, but um, like you saw in my rankings last week, Ben Affleck was like right, right down there near the bottom for me. Yeah, true. But I think in a straight up brawl, Ben Affleck, Batman being a bit more relaxed with murdering people, um. <laughs> Good point. And the fact that we see him training still and lifting heavy weights and the experience and like the people he had to fight, I think he wins in a fight. I don't think he's the best Batman actor, but I do think he is the most powerful Batman. I'm. I think after you said that, I'm going to alter that Patterson does go out first. 
Uh, yeah, I think uh, unfortunately for Patterson, because you know his only outing's been as a detective Batman, not as a yeah. as a physical threat Batman. So rough for you, pal. But um, yeah, he he, he definitely goes out first. Bale for his equipment. But you, you go Bale first. I go Affleck first. I go Bale because his equipment. You're going Affleck because he's brawn. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That was actually pretty tidy. Um, yeah. Let us know what you think. I've got a feeling more people are going to agree with you than me, but they are all wrong as well because Affleck would definitely clap Bale and Patterson. We're, we're all just biased. Yep. Um, <laughs> thank you, as always. Mm-hmm. Again, let us know how you do your Batman trilogy. Let us know which Batman would win in a fight. Let us know your thoughts on all the trailers and all the superhero content coming up this year. Follow us everywhere. Like all of our pages. Tell everyone how great we are. Um, And thank you very much. And I will catch you next week. Have a lovely weekend. Catch you next week.